Hey guys, welcome to my channel. My name is Dr. Tom LeHue and we're going to be talking about type 7s today and looking at the book from Beatrice Chestnut, The Enneagram Guide to Waking Up. This is a book that I have devoured as you can see. Fantastic book. So good I wish I would have written it myself but she's a lot smarter than I am. And she talks about different uh, key patterns for each type and today we're going to be looking at type 7. Um, we've already talked about in another video needing multiple options and today we're we're going to talk about Seven's focus on pleasure. The focus on fun, excitement, pleasure, and things to be enthusiastic about. Before we get started, just a reminder in the description below is a link to my website. If you um, would like to book an Enneagram coaching appointment, I would love to meet with you or meet with you as a couple and help you in your relationships. The Enneagram is a great tool not only to be more present ourselves to life, but also to have more compassion with each other and understand each other better. Um, there is a page on my website about the certificate programs I offer, and that's always being updated and so if you would like to go through some training with me um, I would love for you to consider uh, enrolling in one of those classes um, and there is a page called events on my website that uh, you can schedule me to come and speak to your team I can do it live in person um, and I can also do it on zoom so if you would like to expose your team to the Enneagram your staff your corporation uh, your nonprofit or if you'd like to have me come and speak at your event or do a marriage retreat or seminar I'm available and I would love to meet your people okay so let's talk about type sevens and of course I am a seven wing six so this is the only type that I can really speak about with any kind of internal knowledge and one of the things that she points out in her section here is that sevens tend to focus on pleasure that's kind of a creepy word, pleasure. I don't know, it's just one of those words that just kind of makes me like kind of shiver inside. So I would say like, you know, excitement or enthusiasm or things that feel good or happy things. And sevens, we tend to focus on that. Now, that, that tends to draw people to us. You know, I mean, most people like to be around somebody who's upbeat, positive, friendly, outgoing. And for the most part, you know, the 80% of people out there would choose to be around someone like that rather than someone who's gloomy and down and pessimistic and, you know, who wants to focus on pain? Um, and so it seems like a very simple choice, like why would you focus on pain when you could focus on pleasure? Now I want you to see that this can be lived out in a lot of different ways for a type seven. For example, why would I wanna to go to a funeral of a friend when I could go on a backpack adventure in the Rocky Mountains? And so if those options are in front of me, although I feel like I should, line to one, or wing six, I feel like I should be there in order to support the family, in order to you know stay connected and do the right thing and be responsible. I just want you to realize that there is this drive within me to go backpacking with my friends in the Rocky Mountains. And if I say no to that and go to the funeral, although I may not say it out loud, your seven is thinking, you know, I should be I should be appreciated for this. You have no idea what I'm sacrificing to be at this painful 
uh, event, this funeral, or this lecture, or this uh, seminar, or workshop. I would much rather be out cruising around, visiting cities I've never seen before, and uh, traveling the world, and experiencing life to the fullest, and I could be even if I didn't have any money, I could be out there just walking the streets and meeting new people and having new experiences. But all of that I've set aside in order to be here at this boring class or in this boring presentation or at this down sad funeral. And you will even see, now watch, let's follow the thinking, right? If you were to see that seven at the funeral or at the boring class, what might they be inclined to do? Well, they might be inclined to become a class clown, so to speak, and raise the environment or raise the enthusiasm or raise the excitement or the energy level. And this could come quite as quite a this could come across as quite annoying to people around them when this person is always making jokes or always pointing out, you know, something sarcastic or or trying to lighten the mood by making strange noises or or talking in different voices. Um, I do declare talking in different voices uh, in order to ease the the suffering of the people sitting through this boring class or this boring lecture and this will you know maybe get a lot of laughs um but is it always appropriate is it always useful is it always productive no it's not and sometimes it could get us into trouble in life um, because this desire to have pleasurable experiences could keep us from let's say it this way, from meaningful experiences. Some pleasurable experiences are meaningful experiences, but a lot of meaningful experiences are not pleasurable. Sometimes they're quite painful. You know, being there with your grandmother as she's passing away, you know, you can see a seven just say either I've got to try to lighten this moment by being continually upbeat, positive, and happy and focusing on the best, or just, I gotta get out of here. I can't be around this. I can't be around this. I can't be, um, why can't you be around it? What will happen to you if you were to stay? What if you just got quiet? What if you just introverted and were just present and you just sat there and held, held granny's hand? What would happen to you? Would your head explode? Would your eyes melt? You know, would your, would, would, would uh, venom start pouring out of your ears? What would happen to you if you if you could just stay in this painful moment? How many things in life have you missed out on? How many rich, meaningful experiences have you missed out on in life because you just couldn't remain present with them? Now, I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm recognizing these things in my own life, in my own experience. That sometimes the most difficult moments, you know, those trips to the emergency room or those times standing around with family at the funeral home um, or those uh, difficult meetings in principal's offices, you know, or even in jail, these difficult experiences in court, these difficult experiences are often when families band together and when relationships are forged through the sufferings of life. But if you can't be present during the sufferings of life, just realize that you 
might be perceived by the people who are trying to love you the most as being a very superficial person who's very shallow and can't really go deep with the things of life where you're needed. Okay, sit with that for a while. Yeah, we don't mess around on this channel. Even though I'm a seven, I, I, and I have this tendency to stay upbeat, positive, and pleasure, and excitement, and fun, and superficial, and all this, I recognize that it can be problematic in life, and I want to point that out to you as well. Because people are trying to love us. They're trying to love us, they're trying to be there with us, but maybe we're not there. You know, the family reunion's getting boring. Ooh, you know, Uncle Joe just keeps telling stories about his last operation, his last procedure. No one cares. And right down the street, uh, I'm in a different city. I'm back home. And right down the street, there's a guitar shop that I haven't been to in 10 years. And they might have something, you know, they might have that thing I'm missing out on over there. And so watch me leave the fan re family reunion because it's getting boring or because it's getting sad. We're all looking at videos of, of, of grandpa who passed away. And this is feeling it's feeling kind of sticky and difficult. But some of life's richest moments are are like that and where's where's tom where's tommy oh he's down at the guitar store not with his family at the family reunion okay i'm not speaking from experience here just it's just a meta it's just a hypothetical situation let's see what she says you tend to want to indulge in pleasure now think about all that 80s rock music you know that i used to love when i was a teenager think about motley Crue and poison and uh, you know van halen all of these bands are very seven oriented seven wing eight you know of sex drugs and rock and roll strip clubs and moving from one bad decision to the next and not taking responsibility for life think about that song by poison i ain't looking for nothing but a good time Okay, that is 100% seven energy. That's the same energy of Miley Cyrus. We can't stop. We won't stop. It's gluttony. And, you know, on the surface, it seems like something to kind of snicker at and laugh at, you know, excess, living life to excess. But then look at people like Chris Farley, who, in my opinion, definitely is seven. Um, or, you know, and there's probably a lot of different of these people, but just take him, for example. Um, and if you watch a biography about him, there was a lot of excess going on in his life and it didn't lead him to anywhere, you know, positive. So all of that focus on the positive, notice how it can end up quite negative. And all due respect and sympathy for Chris. And he's a wonderful comedian and a talented actor and, you know, brought joy everywhere he went. But I don't know that he necessarily would describe his life as joyful. Watch some documentaries about him. You'll see what I mean. All right. So indulging in pleasure. Just notice this focus on indulging in pleasure could bring a lot of pain to yourself and to the people that are trying to stay connected to you. I mean, for example, what if I right now just said, oh, you know what? Las Vegas is calling and there's a lot of pleasure to be had in Las Vegas. Sorry, family. And sevens, if they're not careful, they could leave a trail of broken promises uh, behind them. People that they say they love, but they're not there for them. 
they're not present with them. Why? Because I'm going to go do this other thing that seems more exciting, more fun, more pleasurable than being here stuck with all these trip ruiners. This is boring. You know, this is lame. And, and now, Maybe we'll justify it and say, oh, well, it was a work convention. It was a work conference. Or I was, you know, gathering some information for my new adventure that I'm, I'm putting, my new venture that I'm putting together, uh, my channel, I'm doing investigative work. You know, that's why I needed to go out drinking all night. Um, but this focus on pleasure, you know, you could end up stoned, uh, overdosed in jail uh with diseases uh there's a lot of bad things that could happen from living like a rock star okay and if you watch any kind of documentaries about rock stars they'll tend to have this point in their life where they had to become sober where they had to go you know they hit a bottom place where it was either i'm going to end up dead or i'm going to have to go to rehab and get sober and some of these guys struggle all their lives because why? Many of them are sevens and they're pulled toward what feels good. They're pulled toward what feels, you know, exciting, thrilling, fun, pleasurable, escaping pain in life. And all of this, if we're not careful, could create vast amounts of pain around us and within us. Okay. All right. Remember, I'm a counter seven, so I tend to you know, I'm, I have a very strong line to one, too, which the speaking style of one is preaching. The speaking style of a seven is storytelling. And sometimes I just transfer back and forth between storytelling and preaching. Okay, let's see what it says. Uh, priorities, prioritizing, doing things that make me feel happy. Okay, how do you feel when you're surrounded by an environment that isn't so happy? When you're around people that aren't as positive or upbeat as you would want them to be? Well, you're probably either going to try to push happiness on them, or maybe try to escape them and move to a better environment. Like Ariel under the sea, it's better over there, up there, that's where people are really happy down here under the sea, it's boring, it's miserable. Even though I've surrounded myself with lots of collections and everybody wants me to be a superstar on the stage, this is boring, you know, or Jack Skellington. Oh, I'm tired of Halloween Town, what's this? Oh, Christmas Town, that's something to get excited about. And notice that focus on what else is out there could take us away from what is right in front of us. Or it could say it this way, not let us be very present to life as it is. So the focus on being happy, that's great. I mean, everybody wants to be around someone who's happy. It's just, you might be making yourself miserable trying to be so happy. Or let's say it this way. Hey, type seven, you're making yourself miserable trying to be happy. Or you're no fun at all when all you're focusing on is trying to have fun. Um, what if you didn't need so much to be happy? What if you could be happy with less? What if you could already be full? The, the opposite of gluttony is satisfied. So what would it take for you to be satisfied right now? Um, do you really need something external to you? in order to be happy. If you do, then you'll never be happy because as soon as you have that external thing, um, then it's no longer an external thing. And it feel you feel relief when you get it, whatever it is you set your mind on or whatever it is you've achieved, you'll feel relief for a moment 
when you get that thing. But remember, as a seven, you need something outside of you to be happy. And so the focus of your attention will eventually shift again away from what you have to what you don't have. And this this perpetual chasing the carrot, you know, chasing the carrot, when will you ever get to the place where you can rest from all of this chasing something else in order to be happy? What if you could be happy now? What if not only you could be happy now, what if you could relax a little bit this impulse to acquire something else or some other experience in order to adjust your attitude and be happy? What if you could relax that a little bit? You would actually then start to bring happiness into the world. And this is a fantastic concept, is when you can quit chasing it so desperately, you bring it to the world. You do. Look at Chris Farley, look at Robin Williams, look at Jim Carrey. What do they bring with them? They bring a sense of joy, a profound sense of excitement with life. But what are they chasing? They're chasing joy, happiness, excitement with life, satisfaction. And when you can quit chasing it, you can bring, you're free now to bring that happiness and enthusiasm with you wherever you go. And doesn't that sound fantastic? Of course it does. All right. Um... Sometimes you may not pay attention to the negative consequences or the trail of blood and tears that you're leaving behind you, the broken promises and the uh, misspent trust, Um, a fear of getting trapped in a painful experience that never ends. Some of you are thinking about your marriage right now, or maybe you're thinking about your home life, or you're thinking about, you know, living in the city you're in or working at the job that you're in, a painful experience that never ends. And so that fear that you're going to be trapped in that might might generate a sense of, of frenetic escapism within you that I've got to get away from this. This is miserable. I can't take this. Uh. But you know, you might just be right around the corner ready to overcome this obstacle. And escaping from it is not the same thing as overcoming it or not the same thing as seeing it through. And sometimes the best advice could be what you might say, benign neglect. Sometimes the best course of action is try doing nothing for a minute. Just try to sit still and sit with it for a moment. Don't respond too rapidly. Maybe just sit this one down, be quiet, sit on the bench for a moment, give yourself three days of silence and see what happens. This problem, this frustration, this difficulty, it might kind of iron itself out. Um, And your tendency to escape and quit jobs or to escape and quit this relationship or to escape and quit this event and, and schedule something else, it might be a little bit impulsive. And it could move you away from something that would be rich, meaningful, and significant. And I don't want you to miss out on rich, meaningful, and significant simply because you're focused on exciting, fun, and happy. Okay. This is such good stuff. I don't care whether you agree or not. I know it's good. Okay. Um, A hidden desire to avoid anything that feels painful. To tend to idealize and and evaluate some experiences as much better than others. Here's the reality, Seven. Come on. Here's the reality. You don't need some exciting experience on the other side of the world in order to be happy. What you need to do is, look at me preach at you, what you need to do is decide to be fully present in what you're doing right now. Whatever it is. 
because I know you. You, when you are on, you, when you can relax that need to escape what you're doing, when you can show up fully and engage fully in what you are doing, you can bring an enthusiasm that other people just can't bring. You can bring an excitement and generate an excitement for what you're doing that you can make washing dishes fun. You can. You've done it before. You can make this boring job, you know, over here in this cubicle. You can make this boring job an exciting place to work if you could be fully engaged and fully present to it. But instead, what are you doing? Daydreaming your life away about how you're having to sacrifice and how much you're giving up and how happy you could be over there in that other environment, in that other relationship, in that other workplace. And at the end of the day, like wherever you go, there you are. And so you'll get that other job. And you know what might happen? You might find yourself at that job daydreaming your life away as to what could be and how it could be better somewhere else. And you'll look back over 30 years and never really stuck with anything. And that is a sure recipe for a life that, you know, might feel a little bit devoid of meaning and significance. So my challenge to you is to slow down, is to slow down and recognize you have an impulse, an impulse that works for you much of the time. When you're brainstorming new ideas, when you're trying to generate new ideas, it works fantastic. When you're synthesizing things together, you're marketing for a company, you're making sales pitches, you have a mind that just is fantastic for those kinds of things, how to make an experience better. But that same impulse can make you very dissatisfied with the experiences that you have in your life right now and make you think, you know, oh yeah, it's great to be out on a boat with my family, but we could have had jet skis. Why can't you just be satisfied? See, that's the problem. That feeling that you can't be satisfied. And let's turn around and let's face the dragon. Let's face the dragon and say, you know what? I'm going to try to recognize when I'm already content, when I'm already happy, and I'm going to try to be more mindful of those moments and to sort of bask in those moments. And when I find myself feeling unsatisfied with life and feeling pulled in multiple directions, rather than feel like I need to go with all of those impulses, I'm just going to recognize, oh, this is the stuff that seven struggle with. This is because I'm a type seven. This isn't necessarily anything I need to give any attention to. I need to sometimes move my mind away from this line of thinking because it's not really going to move me in any way that's going to move me toward anything meaningful in life. It's not going to make me more connected to the people that are trying to love me. It's going to disconnect me. So I need to move my mind away from some of this thinking and recognize, Tom, you're such a seven. And sometimes being a seven could move you away from the very things in life that you say you want, your goals or your stated goals in life. It's not that you're a bad person. It's just you're a seven. You struggle with the stuff seven struggle with, being fully present and engaged in what you're doing right now and fully satisfied in what you're doing right now. Wouldn't it feel fantastic if you could be fully satisfied in what you're doing right now with life as it is right now and you didn't need anything else? You might in the moment look like a five. Seven has that line to five, remember? Okay, let's, one last thing. What does she say? You, uh, you justify the choices you make and the experiences because um, they feel good to you. And um, 
you know, we'll talk about this more in the next video about how sevens could look very selfish or very self-referencing to the people around them. Um, all right, guys. Thank you and appreciate you watching this video through to the end. I hope it's helpful for you or helping you understand more about the sevens that you're trying to love and live with. And remember, we're all trying to get along together and do the best we can with each other. And the Enneagram is a powerful tool to help us to see some of our predictable roadblocks and impulses that keep us from fully realizing our goals in life and being fully available <coughs> to connect with others in life. Thank you guys. I'll see you next time.